firing up the grill, having a picnic, going to a game, or the beach? Stop by Acme Markets for juicier Lancaster brand meats for the grill, fresher cut fruits and vegetables, tastier desserts from our bakery, and all of your snack needs. Mix, match, and save on fresh blackberries, blueberries, raspberries, or strawberries. Six-ounce packages are buy one, get one free. And Purdue chicken drumsticks, thighs, or whole frying chickens, three pounds or more, only 99 cents a pound. Acme, your new favorite local supermarket. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Wake Up Mission Show with your host, Shalene Nightingale and Randy D. back. Today is Wednesday, October 28th, 2015. It's Wonderful Life News Wednesday, and in the second hour, we have guests, uh, veterans Robert Rosebrock and Jeff Ross scheduled. They have a lot going on, and it's going to be really interesting to uh, listen to these guys um, describe the things that uh, they've... um, well, the updates and 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 new developments, actually, basically that they have uh, been involved with here recently. We have been corresponding via email, and uh, it's pretty pretty interesting. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and in the first hour, uh, well, it's Wonderful Life News Wednesday. You know, we changed format about two months ago, maybe, uh, from Winker Wednesday uh, to Wonderful Life News Wednesday. And we try to find good news stories to, well, to, you know, tell, you know, to impart to everyone. And sometimes uh, that finding good news can be a bit of a challenge. Uh, you know, Shalene was always real good about finding good news stories. Myself, I always seem to have uh, <laughs> issues with it. So, I've got a little bit of both, a little bit of everything, you know, good news, uh, some not so good news, some bad news, you know, headlines and that type of thing. So we, you know, we're, we're kind of going to run the gamut here in the first hour, I, I would uh, assume. So, uh, you know, I do, I, I do want to start out uh, with, uh, you know, lead off with uh, some good news for, well, you know, just just to start out, you know, to start out on a good note. And uh, most of these headlines I found today, uh, some of this stuff may be a little older. I don't know, but uh, the city of Seattle, um, they signed in, they signed an illegal gun and ammo tax into law. It was back over the summer, I guess. Uh, and uh, the National Shooting Sports Foundation had actually war- warned Seattle Mayor Ed Murray that if he signed the city council's gun violence tax, quote, gun violence tax in the law, that the citizens would have to pay to defend the law in court. And now, 
he signed it, and guess what? Man, they got slapped with a uh, lawsuit. Gun rights and firearm industry organizations had teamed up against the city of Seattle's new gun and ammunition tax. Or, you know, I look at tax as extortion because, let's face it, uh, we're not being represented for, you know, taxation without representation is basically what's been going on in, in this country for quite some time, and I'm pretty damn tired of it. And uh, so... Like I was telling our guest last night, I believe I was telling her, I was talking to somebody about it. Maybe it was uh, Randy Shannon, <clears throat> but if everyone filed exempt, you could defund the government immediately. And what are they going to do? Throw us all in jail? Uh, no, that ain't going to happen. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, uh, the Second Amendment Foundation, the National Rifle Association, the National Shooting Sports Foundations. Uh, they were joined by two of the city's firearms retailers, Outdoor Emporium and Precision Shooter LLC, and two private citizens, and they filed their lawsuit in King County Superior Court. Uh, representing the plaintiffs are attorneys Stephen Fogg and David B. Edwards, Cronin, Mitchelson, Baumgartner, Fogg, and more. I'll say that three times real fast. That was a mouthful. Well, anyways, he represented uh, SAF and NRA and other groups in a successful 2009 lawsuit against Seattle, which also forced the city to comply with the state's preemption, state's preempt, preemption, preemption act. There we go. So uh, some of some see this case as a replay of what happened when then Mayor Greg Nichols pushed a ban on firearms in city park facilities. Uh, including those that are legally carried. And, you know, and, you know, the city parks, you know, when the gangbangers show up, if they see those signs and say, well, we can't bring your guns here, they, they just leave them in their cars, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. Well, anyways, at that time, uh, the SAF and NRA were joined by the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms, CCRKBA, the Washington Arms Collectors, and five private citizens, and they accused the city of violating a 33-year-old preemption law that places sole authority for firearms regulations in the hands of the state legislature. And so the suit marks the first time the NSSF, uh, the National, what was that, the uh, Shooting Sports Foundation, has joined the Second Amendment Foundation and the NRA in a lawsuit, and it suggests that the entire industry is looking to uh, crush this this tax. And already the state has very strong preemption laws, and the likelihood of Seattle being able to defend their punitive tax on firearms and ammunition seems remote. And it's not really known why, well, they, the article says it's not known why Seattle's mayor and city council thought they'd be able to pass an anti-gun law just by, by, just by labeling it a, a tax. So, I mean, we know why they're doing it. You know, it's that whole UN uh, agenda, that small arms, that small arms treaty that uh, these criminals in Washington, D.C. Uh, have uh, signed on for. So that's something we're going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, so that that was some good news, right? Well, let's go ahead and I guess you could call this uh, wonderful life news if you are, you know, you're you're on the Boston, Massachusetts City Council. They voted to give themselves a twelve thousand dollar raise. Uh, that, that's a hell of a good raise, twelve grand for, uh, and it's just days before they go up. 
re-election. And this is the one of the disappointing things is uh, let's just listen listen to this first article. Boston City Council or the first uh, sentence. The Boston City Council voted Wednesday to give its members a twelve thousand dollar raise just days before they go up for re-election. Though most are running unopposed. What the hell, Boston? You can't find people to uh, run against these people, and you're okay with the status quo? I mean, what's going on up there? The, pay, the measure passed on a 9-4 to four vote, and it boosts their salaries by 14% up to $99,500 a year. That's pretty sweet. And it was um, the, the, pro, the proposal was submitted by Mayor Marty Walsh and gives his office a $24,000 raise. He's making 199 grand a year. He's a first-term Democrat, and he said he won't accept the pay bump. And the passage uh, basically places Boston counselors among the best compensated of comparable cities. Here's the cities, and they've all been in the news, especially on our show. Baltimore, Minnesota, or Minneapolis, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Seattle. They're all doing a bang-up job representing uh, the people of their respective cities and adhering to their oaths of office to uphold and defend the Constitution, right? And they deserve the money, right? Well, Baltimore, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Seattle, Boston, what the hell? And then I'll throw Los Angeles in there, too, because... I've got news about those crooks as well, and they, we've got news about them in the second hour, and I'm going to save all that for our guest. Well, a lot of Bostonians were pretty incredulous at the raise, uh, which has been a flashpoint in city politics for more than a year. Uh, the, the, a resident of the, city, of the city's Mission Hill neighborhood, um, Jose Maldonado, who works two janitorial jobs, says they already they make a lot of money already. It just doesn't make any sense. And there was very little discussion or fanfare uh, during the Wednesday's, quote, quick vote. But in months, past council leaders have justified pushing for the raise by noting it's the first pay bump for the 13-member panel since 2006. But if you're on Social Security, you're not getting the cost of living increase. And other city workers in Boston have received steady pay raises over that time that they've argued. So if there's a city worker who actually provides an actual good and an actual service, you know, guys out there that, you know, say they're, you know, repairing streets uh, when when the wintertime hits, you know, I mean, Boston, you know, got pounded pretty hard. You know, the whole New England corridor got pounded pretty hard last winter with all the, um, you know, the the heavy snows. The guys that are out there clearing the streets, they actually provide a viable service to the community. That money's worth it. But these people, what do they actually do? They push paper around. They sign things. They tell you what you can and cannot do. So to think that these useless bureaucrats are making that kind of money to push paper around, pencil pushers, that's what I like to call them. You know, six-figure-year pencil pushers who are doing nothing, and they say that, well, we haven't gotten a raise since 2006, but other city workers are getting paid. Well, the other city workers actually earn their money. Um, and, and then Fred Goodman, he's a South End resident, and he was taking a break in the financial district and says it's not justification enough. 
And he was quoted as saying, everybody needs more money. It comes down to what did they do before and what are they going to do now with this raise? That's what it's really about. And the pay raise could become law if the council had done nothing. Boston has a city charter and a mayoral proposal becomes a law in 60 days unless the council acts. In this case, the, the deadline is November the 3rd, and that's, that come, that's Tuesday. And it will go into effect for councilors after the next city council election on November the 3rd, and for the mayor at the, ne at the next mayoral election, which is in 2017. And then Councilor Michael Flaherty said he requested the vote in the interest of transparency. Yeah, I bet you did, Flaherty. Uh, the debate over council pay erupted uh, last September when uh, Council President Bill Linehan pro proposed boosting council member pay salaries by 25 grand, a 29% pay increase to 112.5 a year. And uh, it, this debate uh, became the first major sticking point between the new, uh, newly elected mayor and the council. And it's been a prominent issue in this year's city's, uh, city elections, though, again, most council members are running unopposed. I don't get that. Nobody's happy with them, and they're running unopposed. Where the hell are the people of Boston? Can nobody step up and run and run against these people. New England, Boston. Yeah, you guys, you guys are wankers. <laughs> uh, you know, to revive uh, an old, um, you know, a past show theme. I don't get it. How 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 can you let that happen? And and it's not going on there. I mean, I guess when you look at the grand scheme of things, when you think of uh, the city of Bell, California, where they were making like ungodly salaries, like. I, I don't remember what it was, but hundreds of thousands of dollars for this little poduck town east of downtown Los Angeles. Well, they, they all got busted and, uh, and arrested. And I imagine that, you know, some of them are probably going to end up in the, in the California Department of Corrections. But you have to pay attention. You know, we talk about this all the time. And tomorrow night's guest, Michael C. School from Citizens Action Networks, talks about this all the time as well. You have to get involved on the local level. That's where change begins, on the local level. And then you just spread out to the state level, the regional level, and the federal level. That's where the change begins. So Boston, yeah, you guys need to, need to get your, you need to get your shit together. So... That that was some, you know, and that's wonderful life news. If you are a city council member in Boston, you're getting a big fat raise for doing nothing. Government, yes, your tax dollars at work, people. Well, let's see. A uh, headline that we did have today, and uh, I mean, it, it's, I'm sure most of you listening have already heard this. I mean, it's just, you know, the timing. You know, we, we come on the air at this time of the day. We can't come on the air earlier. We actually have a business to run on top of this radio show. Shalene, Natty, and myself, we put in a lot of hours. We don't get paid a lot, especially to do the radio show. We do this because we love liberty and we're trying to spread the word. Uh, but we have a business to run, so during the day, we're actually working and doing, putting this radio show together. You know, when I... <clears throat> 
when our LLC was formed, I formed. I joked, well, now we go to 30-hour work days, 10 days a week. And it's a joke, and I was being facetious, but the, the fact of the matter is, it's not that far from the truth. I mean, of course, it's not 30 hours a day, but we put in a lot of hours. And we're doing this for you guys. And we're doing it for ourselves, too, yeah. But the main point of this show is to get the message of liberty out and what you can do and what your responsibility is to do. You know, you have responsibility as well. Get involved. Don't wait for the other guy to do it. Don't say, I can't be inconvenienced. Don't, that pisses me off. You don't tell me you can't be inconvenienced. You go tell that soldier that marched through the snow with bloody frostbitten bare feet with, uh, with the uh, Continental Army in the Revolutionary War with, General, with, um, with George Washington. You go tell him you can't be inconvenienced. And he marched through uh, 20 miles of snow and barefooted with bloody frostbitten feet just to get to the fight. What are you doing? Well, anyways, off of that soapbox. Paul Ryan, uh, he is going to be the new Speaker of the House. And there's, uh, you know, the gun owners of America are warning that a Ryan speakership would be Boehner on steroids. He has been, um, Paul Ryan, he's not, he's, he's not really for the Second Amendment. He's really soft on Im illegal immigration. In fact, he is, base, he is a, um, he's pushing for amnesty. So, you know, back during <clears throat> the midterm elections uh, back uh, last November, you know, a lot of people were happy, you know, because it was supposedly a national referendum against that illegal alien Muslim who illegally occupies the Oval Office, that it was a national referendum against him. Well, what have we been saying? Neither party represents you. I mean, look at what's happened since the Republicans took control of the Senate and the House. Nothing. They're still letting Obama get his way, doing everything, he, doing whatever he wants to do, with very little opposition, which tells me that they're either gutless or, <coughs> excuse me, they're on board with it. Well, anyways, if you remember... Last May, not not this past May, but May of 2014, in Santa Barbara, uh, there was a guy named Elliot Rogers who um, uh, went. He he went on a shooting spree. So this rep, this so-called representative Ryan. Voted, he voted for Representative Mike Thompson, a Democrat of California. He voted for his amendment, providing $20 million um, to, the, to expand the amount of information states are putting into the, the National Instant, Instant Criminal Background System, NICS. Uh, so, and then this gets into... Um, 
Well, you know the the you know, and and we'll we'll get into this in the second hour. But anyways, this guy that went on the shooting spree, he passed a background check, he registered his guns, um, as is required in California, and he used ammunition magazines of ten rounds or less. Well, the uh, the, this representative, so-called representative Mike Thompson, he's in the. He's in the no the fifth district of California. Well, he this amendment that he had pushed for it was supported by Gabby Gif, Gabby Gifford's gun control uh, pack, Americans for Responsible Solution, as well as Every Town for Gun Safety, the Brady Campaign to Prevent Gun Violence, Sandy Hook Promise, Third Way. The Coalition to Stop Gun Violence and States United to pre- Prevent Gun Violence. You know, and again, all these people do is they want to go after the legal, law abiding citizens. Uh, everybody needs to get punished for the actions of one or the few. And, you know, just that, that was just one example of Paul Ryan showing an openness to more gun control. <clears throat> And, you know, we said Sandy Hook is a false flag. We've had experts on our show to confirm that. And I think it was. I I think it was. And all it was was, a, you know, crisis actors. Look, look all this stuff up for yourself. Don't take my word for it. But anyways, there's new, your new Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. You know, the guy that would have been vice president with uh, Mitt Romney. So there you go. Your tax dollars at work, America. Ain't 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 that great. Well, I, I don't want to dwell too much on a whole lot of bad news, but so I'm going to switch gears. And I saw this. You know, we you know on this show we love Michael Savage. Michael Savage is great. Um, I've actually been on the air with him many 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 years ago. Super nice guy. Well, he's got a new book out called Government Zero, No Borders, No Language, No Culture. And he's been pushing borders, language, and culture since I can recall. I mean, I started listening to Savage back in like 2000, 2001. It's been a long time ago. I love Michael Savage. Well, anyways, he wants to clarify something uh, from one of his newsletters. And here's the headline. We've lost the battle, not the war. And uh, this was a headline that was in the Drudge Report. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to read this. Um, the problem, uh, Doc, you know, Drudge's headline was Michael Savage declared we lost the battle. The problem, Michael Savage has said, is that many people, including political pundits, read only the headlines <coughs> and not the stories. And he insists that while we've lost a recent major battle, we have not lost the war. And uh, Michael Savage is, uh, is quoted as saying, it was the biggest headline that I've seen, we've lost the battle. And he says that he got a lot of emails that said that Michael Savage has given up, there's no hope, if we've lost Savage, Savage, we've lost it all. Well, there's the problem with, again, people reading the headline and not the whole story. And the story Michael Savage says is, I have not given up, I have great hope. We have not lost at all. We can win this war. But you ask me, what war am I referring to? Well, it's the war for the heart and soul of this nation and the rest of Western civilization 
which is under assault by the government itself. Yeah, well, we already know that. And he lays it all out in his book, Government Zero. Now, Savage goes on. He wants wants to go on to tell, let us know that I want to tell you something. My book is not complaints, complaints, complaints. It's solutions, solutions, solutions. 41 action plans to save American. Uh, save America. I am not a defeatist, as my competitors may have you believe. I have offered you and do offer you a battle plan. A battle plan is true as necessary as for the Allied invasion of Europe. We have been invaded and we must fight back. So, I urge you, if you wish, to go buy Michael Savage's book to see, uh, you know, for yourself what can be done. Because, you know, we always say, you know, it can be done. You know, you just have to get out and do it. Now, on that note, um, you know, some more good news. Um, this, this was this was yesterday, actually. Uh, it was at a campaign rally somewhere that Donald Trump was on, and um, I thought it was really cool. Uh, there, there's a, a, vet, a vet, a disabled vet in the audience. He wanted to ask Trump a question about the VA system. So um, that you can, you, you'll be able to see the video on our website later, thewakeupmissionshow.com, or our Facebook page, The Wake Up Mission Radio Show. But I want to go ahead and play this clip because I, I thought it was really cool. Love meeting Todd. He's a wounded warrior, and I told him how much you uh, love the vet. Todd, what is your question? Uh, hey, Todd. Hey, how are you? These are our greatest people, the wounded warriors. These are the greatest. The best. Great, Todd. Uh, I'll put your in thought there. Um, is that your daughter? It is. Wow, she's so beautiful. Yeah. Wife, wow, beautiful. What a family. Good. Okay. Can, I want to come. I got to say hello to Todd. Look at this guy. No, I, what told a, him, I told what him you love him. What a look. Hold it, Todd. Wait. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you how much he loves his vet? I told him about you. That's a perfect family. Beautiful family. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, I, I just wanted to ask, one of the real struggles after 21 years of active Army service, especially with the 101st Airborne that deployed constantly, um, what else with the current administration, warrior care is lacking, to say the least, and especially after, I mean, post-service. Uh, my wife, April, here is my full-time caregiver, compensated by the VA. I don't work anymore since I was told I was leaving the Army. Is there, is there, what else can, will the Trump administration do better than the Obama administration? Is the VA not doing the job? Uh, my wife could help you with that. Right now, he needs um, some more treatment, and I'm being told from the VA that you have to go through this new choice program, but it's, we can't get the appointment. Like, yeah. he's not all the time in the wheelchair, but... Will you write out your card? Oh, yeah. You're going to write out your card, and I am going to put pressure on the VA like you won't believe. Let's see if we can get that, right? Look how beautiful. Look how beautiful. Okay, so we're going to have, you know, hey, I tell you what, as president, I can guarantee it. As Trump, I can say, I'll probably be able to pull it off anyway. Because... <laughs> Because they know 
it won't stop. It'll be easier to take Todd and just say, look, we're going to work with you, Todd, okay? So will you get me that number and everything, and we'll make sure that everything gets... And somebody else, who else over here? You had problems with the VA also, huh? Terrible? I hear only, I just hear terrible. And we're going to solve that problem. You know, it can be solved because the waits now for the VA are longer than they've ever been. Oh, it's nice to see you people back there. It's about time. What am I doing there? Why didn't you give me this? But the waits now are worse than they've ever been. Thousands of people dying waiting for a doctor. Okay, dying. And you find the same thing. You, you say, you have to use your own because they won't do anything. So we're going to take care of our vets, and we're going to take care of the VA, and it's going to be... And one of the things we're going to be releasing pretty soon, but one of the things we're going to do with the VA, we have a lot of hospitals that aren't doing any business. We have a lot of private doctors that could do more business. We're losing a lot of our doctors because of Obamacare. They're retiring. They're leaving. One of them, a friend of mine, said, I have more nurses working for me now than ever before, but I have more accountants. And the end result is a disaster. He's getting out of the business. He's got nurses, but he's got more accountants than he has because the paperwork is so crazy. So one of the things we're going to do is if Todd or if you or if somebody has problems because of the weights, because the weights are unbelievable, five, six, seven days sometimes, they're going to go to a private doctor, they're going to go to a private hospital or a public hospital that's in the area, and we're going to pay for that, and it's going to cost less money. It's going to cost less money than the system we have now, and you're going to end up getting much better care. It's going to cost less, and you get better care. So anyway, Todd, we're going to take great family. Great. Thank you. Yeah, so, <clears throat> you know, that's uh, more good news on the uh, the Trump front. Um, and it sound, sounds good to me. I, I really hope that that he gets the nod and he gets elected you know we're still i mean with with the presidential with the president it, it's still you know one person among 538 uh, congress critters <laughs> as Shaleen calls them uh, but I, I do have some more news on the veteran front and, and this, this is a really good story uh, there's a group of high school students who are volunteering to serve as pallbearers for uh, veterans who had otherwise been would have been buried alone. And you know, as a member of the Guard Riders, you know, I've you know had the honor to go to the VA hospital uh, complex in Salisbury. And you know, some of these guys, you know, they they live lived out their days at the VA. You know, no family, and uh, you know it was. It's really sad, but I, I don't want to focus on that. Uh, th this is uh, it's the University of Detroit Jesuit School, and uh, Tom Lennon. He's a senior, and this is what he had to say: uh, that this, this, and I quote: "This was an opportunity to give something to somebody who finished their life on the fringe of society." These veterans were men I'd never met, but they helped make the country I live in safer and stronger. And no matter who they were or what they did on earth, every person deserves a proper burial. And uh, these funerals, the funerals earlier this month were the first in a new initiative of the school's student service team led by faculty member Todd Wilson. 
and Wilson said that more than 50 uh, students participated in the first training and additional students have signed up for the next training in, in November. And he's quote, and he said that, you know, the student service is so important because they realize they can give back to the people of our community who have given us so much. They believe that through being a pallbearer at the funerals of veterans, the homeless, the socially poor and others, they are offering a final tribute to a person's life journey, to a person's life journey. Um, uh, John Desmond, he's the funeral director at A.J. Desmond and Sons Funeral Home in Troy, Michigan, said his funeral home has partnered with another funeral home in the area and the county medical examiner's office to ensure that all abandoned veterans receive a proper, proper burial at the, the nearby Great Lakes uh, National Cemetery. <clears throat> and the Dignity Memorials Network Homeless Veterans Program provides caskets for these veterans uh, that don't have any family present at the burial, and there, there were no pallbearers to carry them. And they said that the student service is quite simply value, valuable to our firm because the, that is what we do. We serve our community by caring for and honoring the dead, regardless of financial circumstances, said Desmond. And he added that the veterans they provide internment for turned over to their care after the county has attempted unsuccess, unsuccessfully locate relatives uh, to claim the bodies uh, after 90 days. And Wilson, Wilson said he's proud of the students who have stepped up to pay their respects to these unidentified vets. Um, and he went on to say to watch them develop, to watch them develop this program and to give so generously of their time and talent is impressive. I've seen our students reach out of themselves and truly give selflessly to others. Uh, the students have come to understand that this is not our place to judge someone and their circumstances in life but rather to celebrate and respect the dignity of that person's life. And as the students prepare to service pallbearers at funeral in the coming, coming weeks, Nick uh, Benedetto, 17, uh, another senior at the school said, he's done a great deal of re reflection on his experience as a pallbearer. And he, he, was, he said that, I know that these people had loved ones and whether or not these loved ones could be there to say goodbye, it does not change the fact that everyone deserves a proper burial. During the funerals, while listening to the eulogies, I heard a particular statement that I feel was very important. While you don't know him by name or sight, we are all here today to recognize his service to our country. I realize that none of us present knew anything about the deceased. However, we were all there to pay them respect for serving our country. After that, I felt a sense of peace and was thankful that I was able to be a part of the services. So um, a big hoorah to those kids um, and and all involved in that because it's a, it's a noble and worthy call. So I, I thought that was really cool. And, and I do have other good news. And, and this was, you know, th this was really cool. Um, there's a, a community uh, in Chesterfield County, Virginia, and they they're, they're, they threw an early Halloween party for a boy undergoing brain surgery. Uh, his name's Brandon Witt. He's four years old, and he wasn't going to be able to participate in Halloween, which is Saturday, by the way. And also, this weekend, you set your clocks back, too, so... Uh, so that's kind of like a, a double a double whammy, I guess, in a way. Well, anyways, 
he wouldn't be able to go trick-or-treating Saturday because he's going to be recovering from brain surgery. So the neighborhood brought him, brought Halloween to him early on October the 17th, uh, thanks to some careful planning from his parents. Uh, 42 houses in the area lit up for him uh, who has Chiaria malformation, that's C-H-I-A-R-I, and this condition which brain tissue extends into the spinal canal. Mm. And that, that 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 has to be painful. It just sounds painful. Well, his mom told his mom said that when we found out the surgery would prevent him from trick or treating, we knew he'd be upset. So we thought of what we could do. And uh, her husband Bobby Wet came up with the idea to throw him uh, throw him an early Halloween. And they put together bags uh, uh, consisting of his photo along with a pumpkin, a glow stick, and a description of what they were aiming to do which they dropped into um, about five dozen mailboxes on October the 10th. And they they had asked that the people that wanted to participate to put the glow sticks on their mailboxes on October 17th. Um, and just in case there wasn't a good turnout, they asked friends and family to come park the cars on the street so that Brandon could trick-or-treat out of their trunks. Well, the neighborhood obliged, and they gave him a really, really magical day. Um, his mom said he was so excited he didn't even realize didn't even realize it wasn't really Halloween, and having so many family and friends made a big difference. Um, and he couldn't wait to throw on his Lightning McQueen costume <laughs> and head out to the neighborhood to go trick or treating with his dad Bobby, who was dressed up as a stoplight. <laughs> and and there's there's some cool pictures here. I'll, I'll make sure to have this posted because uh, it's a good story and. It's, and to see the dad dressed up as a stoplight, that's pretty funny. That's hilarious. Well, anyways, he had asked his mom, um, who usually hangs in the back, to hand out candy to come with them dressed as his mommy. So there she is in jeans and a, uh, and it looks like a sweatshirt. Uh, well, some houses gave him buckets of candy. Others gave him activity books, markers, and stamp pads. And there was one neighbor that was going to be out of town, and he came by early to drop off some candy, $20 and a Despicable Me DVD. And Carol said, we were beyond pleased with the turnout. Even houses that usually don't participate in Halloween went along with the, the early Halloween for him. And there were uh, some kids even decided to get into the Halloween spirit and dressed up so that Brandon wouldn't be alone when he knocked on the door. Um... Well, this past Monday, he underwent surgery, and according to his mom, he's doing well. So please keep uh, Brandon Witt and his family in your in your prayers, um, uh, you know, for a full and speedy recovery. So, you know, that, that was pretty cool, uh, you know, and it was kind of funny. And uh, I've got some more good news, uh, and this is on the food front. I've actually got two articles or two good news stories. Subway, you know, and I love Subway myself, you know, and I, I know they've been in the news. Well, it wasn't them, uh, a former spokesman for some really disgusting, but I don't want to talk about that. But anyways, I love their tuna. I don't know what it is about their tuna. I've tried to replicate it and have failed miserably. I've never had tuna. Whatever they do with their tuna is awesome. I love Subway tuna. Well, they are shifting all their uh, U.S. meat supplies to uh, no antibiotics. They're going to start serving antibiotic-free chicken and turkey 
at the U at their U.S. restaurants next year, and within the next nine years, they will stop selling any meat from animals given antibiotics. They they said yesterday. Uh, competitors such as Chipotle, Mexican Grill, and McDonald's have announced similar supply chain shifts, uh, adding pressure on U.S. livestock producers to cut human antibiotics from their beef, uh, hogs, and poultry production. An advocacy group said they were about to present Subway with a petition demanding that they set a timeline for his, for their, the restaurants to stop serving meats for animals that have been treated with antibiotics. And even, even customers. They said that customers will be able to start buying chicken uh, without antibiotics. Uh, at uh, the more that they've got 27,000 fast food restaurants. Wow, and that'll be starting in March. Uh, they didn't say exactly when the antibiotic-free turkey would become available. Uh, by 2018, they expect to shift all chicken and turkey supplies to antibiotic-free meats, and uh, within six years, it would be given, begin serving pork and beef only, you know, from uh, animals that were raised without antibiotics. Uh, and uh, Dennis Clabby is an executive vice president of Subway's Independent Purchasing Cooperative. And this is what he had to say. A change like this will take some time, particularly since the supply of beef raised without antibiotics in the U.S. is extremely limited and cattle take significantly longer to raise. But we are working diligently with our suppliers to make it happen. And their, their plan is one of the most aggressive in the food sector to reduce the use of antibiotics in meat production. Uh, the National Resources Defense Council and U.S. Public Interest Research Group said that they and other groups were about to deliver a petition with nearly 300,000 signatures calling for a concrete timeline for action. And Subway said in an email response for comment that the yesterday's announcement was the culmination of several months of intensive work with our suppliers. Uh, and uh, here we go. Uh, public health experts and federal regulators have long been concerned that routine feeding of antibiotics to animals could lead to antibiotic-resistant superbugs, a health hazard for humans. And finding enough protein raised in the U.S. without these drugs has been a challenge for food companies. Uh, McDonald's said that they plan to buy only chicken raised without antibiotics. That its plans to buy only to buy only chicken raised without antibiotics, imported to human medicine by 2017 for its re U.S. restaurants. And Dunkin' Donuts will prohibit suppliers from using medically important antibiotics or antimicrobials in healthy animals, but they haven't given a timeline. Well, I don't know anything about Dunkin' Donuts because I don't eat sweets, but that's weird. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts serves other stuff besides donuts. Uh, if anybody would like to educate me to Dunkin' Donuts, please email us, staff at the Wake Up Mission Show, and tell me what else Dunkin' Donuts has besides donuts. I know they have coffee. I've seen commercials for it, and I've seen it in the grocery stores. But I've never actually been to Dunkin' Donuts, so I did not know that. And then other food news, and this was a good one too. U.S. lawsuits. Well, I well actually, it's not food, but you know they're involved in food or pesticides or something or with GMOs. Well, anyways, 
U.S. lawsuits billed against Monsanto over alleged Roundup cancer link. Uh, personal injury firms around the U.S. are lining up plaintiffs for what they say could be mass tort actions against Monsanto. They claim that the company's Roundup herbicide has caused cancer in farm workers and others exposed to it. Uh, the latest lawsuit was filed Wednesday in Delaware Superior Court by three law firms representing three plaintiffs. And it's similar to others that were filed last month in New York and California accusing Monsanto of long knowing that the main ingredient in Roundup, glyph glyphosate, was hazardous to human health. Uh, Monsanto led a prolonged campaign of misinformation to convince government agencies, farmers, and the general public that Roundup was safe, the lawsuit states. And the litigation follows the World Health Organization's declaration in March that there was sufficient evidence to classify glyphosate as probably carcinogenic to humans. Michael Divitt, Mick Divitt, whose Colorado-based law firm is putting together cases for 50 individuals, said, we can prove that Monsanto knew about the dangers of glyphosate there are a lot of studies showing glyphosate causes these cancers. Uh, the Monsanto uh, held town hall gatherings in August in Kansas, Missouri, Iowa, and Nebraska, or not Monsanto, the law firm, I'm sorry, held town hall meetings uh, in, in August in Kansas, Missouri, Iowa, Nebraska, and Nebraska seeking clients. And Monsanto said that the World Health Organization classification is wrong and that glyphosate is among the safest pesticides on the planet. A uh, company spokeswoman, Charla Lord, said in an emailed statement that, quote, glyphosate is not a carcinogen. The most extensive worldwide human health databases ever compiled on an agricultural product contradict the claims in the suits. And, you know, Roundup's used by farmers, homeowners, and others around uh, the globe. And they, it's, in, in just in fiscal 2015 alone, uh, $4.8 billion in revenue to Monsanto. The questions about Roundup safety have been have dogged the company for years. And attorneys who have filed or, or, or are eyeing litigation cite the strong evidence that links glyphosate to non-Hodgkin lymphoma, and they say claims will likely be pursued collaboratively as mass tort actions. And find plaintiffs, the Baltimore firm of, oh boy, S-A-I-O-N-T-Z, Seance, and Kirk advertises a free Roundup lawsuit evaluation on its website. Uh, the Washington, D.C. firm, Schmidt & Clark, is doing the same, as are other firms in Texas, Colorado, and California. One plaintiff in the Delaware lawsuit, Jocelyn Barrera, is 24. She's a child of migrant farm workers. Okay. Well, well, that's another subject for another time. We talk about that a lot. She claims her non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is related to glyphosate exposure. Elias de la Garza, a former migrant farm worker and landscaper, uh, was uh, diagnosed with um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he has a similar claim. And they both live in Texas. And the third plaintiff is Judy Fitzgerald a horticultural worker diagnosed with leukemia in 2012. Uh, she's from Virginia, and she joined the Delaware case after asking for dismissal um, of a similar lawsuit initially filed in federal court in New York. Um, and Monsanto is also fending off claims over his past manufacturing of polychlorinated biphenyls, PCBs, 
which the World Health Organization also classifies as non-carcinogens. And there are about 700 lawsuits against Monsanto or Monsanto-related entities, or there, there are 700 pending lawsuits brought by law firms <clears throat> on behalf of people who claim that their non-Hodgkin lymphoma was caused by exposure to PCBs that they had manufactured up until the late 1970s. So um, that that's some pretty good news that uh, you know this this company they're starting to um, they're starting to reap what they've sown. So good news good good news for them. What else do we have? Well, let's see. We we've been following this story for quite a while. Um, Anthony Bosworth, you know, he was the Second Amendment rights activist that was arrested uh, in Spokane, Washington. I think it uh, it was over the summer, I believe. Well, actually, it was back in February. Wow, where did time go? Well, anyways, um, the his supporters and supporters of the Second Amendment gathered outside of the federal courthouse in Dan downtown Spokane as a part of a rally to support open carry laws. And it came as a response to Anthony Bosworth, who had been arrested for having a gun on federal property back in February. And we played the video and posted it, um, at the show in the day that he was arrested. And, and many people have questioned if he has broken any laws. And there were a lot of people at the rally. Uh, those are the, um, uh, and they said that um, this arrest was unlawful. Um, and th this is what Bosworth had to say uh, back in March. This is their quote, is that they do not know if they can legally. If they were legal in arresting me, detaining me, or seizing my weapons, and since they are in a gray area, they're going to hold on to those weapons in case they can find federal charges against me. Uh, well, Bosworth said he received a citation for failure to comply in the mail, and he said at the time <clears throat> he wasn't sure what he had failed to comply with. Well, on Monday, he was found guilty in federal court of disobeying courthouse guards, and there is a uh, sentencing is scheduled for December the 2nd. So we're, we're going to be keeping an eye on that, um, and hopefully uh, we'll have some updates, and hopefully he will, you know, he, you know, there, you know, if the, um, the feds up in Seattle, basically, you know, they had any sense, they, they would actually, you know, they, they'd let it go. You know, because they're they're just they're just setting themselves up for a big world of hurt. And what else? Oh boy! Well, this came from uh, California Political Review, <laughs> and uh, you know that uh, high-speed rail to nowhere that uh, you know Moonbeam had had. Uh, had touted and all you know all his union buddies that had spent all this money to get him elected. Well, the high speed rail to nowhere, you know, it was it's going California has a sixty eight billion dollar state budget. Well, this is going to basically blow that budget out of the water um with this uh with this rail system. And again you know, it, it was just to reward some, you know, it was just payback. You know, that, that's all it was. It was payback. 
you know, for the people that helped him get reelected, that's that's all that was. So California, you're gonna be on the hook for that. Um, so good luck. Well, we've got some more news about firearms over in Europe. You know that the 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 region that uh, the criminals in Washington are always trying to copy. Um, you know, in Europe is, you know, their politicians have claimed, well, we don't have guns, we don't have gun violence, and yada, 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 and so forth and so on. Well, the European Union citizens are arming themselves to protect their families from this massive Muslim invasion. And this was an article that uh, came out yesterday by Teresa Munro Hamilton uh, from rightwingnews.com. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, here these are just some, you know, some of the highlights. Uh, Europe is wishing they had a Second Amendment, right? Right now, that I would wager, was she says that, and I, I would bet money on that too. Every gun that is out there is being bought, and they're flying off the shelves along with ammo and pepper spray. The majority of buyers are women who are looking to protect themselves. Uh, Europe is getting ready to fall to Islam, and the people there know it, and they're terrified. Their leaders have deliberately manipulated this in order for it to, confer, to occur. Whole towns are being overrun with these, quote, refugees, and they are taking over. People are told that if they don't like it, they can leave. Well, there's nowhere for them to go. So many will have to hunker down and protect themselves the best way, the best way they can, and it's going to get bloody. Uh, and this came from uh, the GOP, the, uh, from GOP, the Daily Dose. Uh, Austrians are mar arming themselves at record rates in an effort to defend their families against threats and feared attacks by Muslim invaders. Uh, and if anyone wants to buy a long gun in Austria right now, too bad for them. All of them are currently sold. Um, uh, tens of thousands of Muslim refugees have poured into Austria from Hungary and Slovenia in recent months on their way to Germany and Sweden. You know, the, these two wealthy German, these two wealthy European countries um, you know, that they had good economies. Well, they've laid out the, the welcome mat. And more than a million are, are going to end up in Germany alone by the end of this year. And that's according to the estimates from the German government. It's probably going to be a lot more than that, uh, you know, I would say. And millions more will be all over Europe at the current rate. And obtaining a working firearm and ammunition in Germany, Britain, Denmark, and the Netherlands is practically impossible for the average citizen. Well, what do you think about that, all you gun-grabbing communist bastards? Well, Germany, for instance, requires a psychological evaluation. The purchase of liability insurance and verifiable compliance with strict firearm storage and safety rules. Damn, that sounds like California. The self-defense is not even a valid reason to purchase a gun in these countries. Again, that sounds like California. It sounds like the same bullshit they're trying to pull here. Uh, the laws in Austria are strict. But they're a little best, less overbearing. Uh, a Czech TV report confirms that long guns, you know, shotguns, rifles, have been flying off the shelves in Austria. And Austrians who haven't already purchased a gun may not have a chance to get one for quite some time. They're all sold out. Um, people want to protect themselves, uh, Mayor said. And uh, nonetheless, the most common purchasers of arms are primarily Austrian women. Well, you think? Look at look at the, uh, the shining human rights and how well women are treated in Muslim countries, especially in Sharia law societies. Well, they are also buying pepper sprays, 
which are in big demand for people that can't get guns. And all over Europe, people now want the means to defend themselves. And self-defense is no longer a dirty word. You know, they all used to look down their noses at us, you know, because of our Second Amendment. You know, the entire world, especially Europe, you guys all sat there on your high horses looking down on us, um, you know, talking all your crap about us because we have a Second Amendment. Our citizens, we have a God-given right. Uh, inalienable rights that are guaranteed by the Constitution, not the goddamn government, the Constitution and by God. The government, no. We do not have to ask your permission, you you bunch of damn thugs. I know you're listening. You can all take a flying leap. I don't need your permission to exercise my God-given inalienable rights, so screw you, you bunch of punk-ass bastards. Well, anyways, enough of that. Um, that's what's going on in Europe. They set themselves up for it. They believe they're these so-called leaders with all this gun confiscation that they did and all these strict gun control laws. Well, you made your beds. You're going to have to lie in it. And so that's just too bad. Sorry. Well, anyways, uh, before uh, we, we are getting close to the top of the hour, and I do have some sports news. I want to get to that real quick. So uh, let's go ahead and do some sports, and then we'll go to break. And then we've got um, two really amazing guests that I'm proud to have back on. So let's do some sports. Alrighty. Well, um, on, we didn't. I didn't have time to get to this last night because of uh, the sec, the subject matter with the first hour. But I'm sure y'all know by now. Uh, on Monday Night Football, the Cardinals defeated the Ravens 2016-18. I'm really glad about that because I hate the Ravens. <laughs> uh, and in the hockey news, uh, last night the Kings uh, beat the uh, Winnipeg Jets four to one, extending their uh, winning streak to six games in a row. And in Major League Baseball. Uh, the Kansas City Royals defeated the New York Mets 5-4 to four in 14 innings in Game 1 of the World Series. I watched that game, but uh, by the 12th inning, I was out of gas and I was tired. I fell asleep, and, and I, I didn't get a chance to, to watch, uh, you know, the entire game. But uh, I, I, do have, I, I want to talk about uh, the Royals for a second here. Um, last night before the game started, it, it, it was pretty sad. Um, uh, the Royals' starting pitcher in last night's game. Uh, he's from the, the 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 Dominican Republic, and right before the game, um, I, I'm, uh, his name's Edison Ed, Edison Velasquez or Volquez. I'm sorry. Well, right before the game started, uh, his father passed away, and uh, my thoughts and prayers go out to their family. Um, his wife was at the game. Uh, and she did not want them. She got the call, uh, the family called to tell her that his dad had passed. Well, she didn't want to tell him before the game. So he picked six, six innings. And after, after, you know, uh, the Royals went to the bullpen and he went to the clubhouse, uh, she and some of their family were there, uh, to tell him the news. So I, I just wanted to say that my heart's go out 
to, to the family and um you know it's, it, that's just really sad um well that that's not that's not the only one um over the last two months three royals players have suffered the death of a parent uh, third baseman mike Mustakas mom passed in august after a long battle with cancer so uh my my prayers go out to the, the Mustakas family and pitcher chris young's father died of cancer in september so um uh chris the, my 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 prayers go out to the young family as well and um eric hosmer uh the first baseman was quoted as saying it's just another angel above watching us and behind us through uh, this this whole run all the way, and you know I'm I'm kind of you know I'm sorry Mets fans, but I'm kind of pulling for uh, Kansas City. Alrighty, well we're going to take a break, and I'm really honored and thrilled to have our guest on. Um, uh, we we've got uh, two really really great guys, uh, veterans Robert Rosebrock and Jeff Ross. Um, they took an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States of America, and even though their hitches are up. These guys are still out there upholding and defending the Constitution. They took their oath seriously. God bless both of them. Uh, uh, we're going to be back here in just a few minutes. Uh, we're going to have a quick musical break. And when we get back, uh, I'm really proud to have these guys back with us. So stay tuned. <laughs>
Welcome back to the Wake Up Mission Show. And we are back. Yes, the second hour of the Wake Up Mission Radio Show, and I am very honored to have uh, two returning guests, uh, Robert Rosebrock and Jeff Ross, on with us tonight. Um, so it's a big thrill for me, and I, I know if Shalene was here, uh, she'd be thrilled. I, so, uh, gentlemen, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you. How are you guys? Doing well. It's great this Come way. Up. Yeah. Couldn't right ask on. for better than uh, being with you guys and sure here, Jeff. I get all of his powerful emails, and uh, hearing his voice is is powerful. I know, I, I know. I, I've seen the, I've seen copies of those emails, and uh, I got to tell you, man, that that they are powerful for a fact. Um, Fearless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, well, Jeff, have you ever? gotten a call or from say you know uh associates that that are still involved uh telling you man uh need to tone that down a little bit has that ever happened or do they just let you do you know give you free reign to do whatever well i get some of the some of my uh moderate friends tell me that i should uh tone it down a little bit so when they don't when they tell me to tone it down then i ratchet it up because we're in a war we're in a war against uh, communism, Islamic fascism, and the war. Uh, if you if you if you read Cicero, uh, is in our borders. The war is within our government. It's not like we're fighting invaders coming in from the north, the southeast, and the west, other than the Mexicans, or the or the or the Guatemalans from the illegal immigrant standpoint. We're fighting our own government, and. The Republicans and the Democrats have joined forces, and today they just signed and they just voted on a on a budget bill that passes all the way through 2017, which ties the hands of the next president, and basically said we're going to spend this country into oblivion. We are going to bury our children and our grandchildren in so much debt. There's no way out. So it is up to us, Americans, not Republicans, Democrats, but Americans to shine the light on these little cockroaches like John Boehner and Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell and mm-hmm. Harry Reid and take them on. Take them on not only at the ballot box but in the in the, the voicemails, the emails, the calling of them, call their phones, call their, call their offices. Do not roll over like Senator Marco Rubio just did and surrender. You have to continue to fight and battle and fight until we win. There's no surrender. We are not going to surrender the United States of America to a bunch of communist Islamic fascists. And whether it takes an email, a phone call, or a visit to a congressional office, we will do it. We will do it. Now, my emails reach a lot of people. And I've got liberals hiding under their desks when they, with fear, when they get an email from me, because they know that whether they're a Republican or a Democrat, I am going to bash them. I'm going to bash them, and I'm going to bash them until they stop trying to take away my rights and my freedoms and everybody else's rights as Americans under the Constitution of the United States. Whether it's a ten-round magazine for for a, a gun, or whether it's whether I can say a prayer in a high school right before a football game, all constitutional acts. 
The U.S. Constitution is not a fluid document. It is a rock-solid document in stone, unchangeable unless by an act of Congress. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. And and I agree. Um, but have you guys felt like uh, with these um, – and, and I love this term Celine came up with. She calls them Congress critters. Do y'all feel like we're playing whack-a-mole with them? Like when you get rid of one bad apple, here comes another bad apple. I, I mean, like, you know, in the last midterm, for instance, everybody was pretty happy, you know, because it was a national referendum and a big middle finger to um, that, uh, uh, let's call them the occupier of the Oval Office, right? Uh, when, you know, the Senate went back to the major Republican majority um, and and even then, I said, well, I'm not getting real happy about this. I mean, yeah, it was a middle finger to this guy. But, you know, as time has gone on, we've seen that, you know, it's just been the status quo. It's like you get rid of one, here comes another. Like, I guess Paul Ryan got confirmed as uh, the new Speaker of the House. And he's no different than Boehner, only he's not orange. So does that? do you guys feel the same way as I do? Like, Jesus playing whack-a-mole with these clowns it's like one crook after another you can't get rid of them it's like you know it's like bad it's like weeds in your yard you know you dig them up and here it comes again <laughs> you know like the next spring what do y'all think about that well I, let me just Nothing. jump in on it i totally agree with jeff what he just laid out i mean you got to stand up and you, you know that's what i admire about jeff he's fearless he just keeps going that doesn't make any difference who it is every time i pick up one of his emails he's going after somebody somewhere not right. just in his own backyard and and we need that we need more of them we need more you know this is not a spectator sport and that's what i like about jeff and and with Shalene and your program and you randy and it's going out after them and going regarding congress and senate here we are supposed to have a majority, and we have the two weakest of the Congress and Senate leading it. This is what's so amazing. These are the most two worthless people you could ever get in to lead it, and they're not doing anything about it. And I agree. I don't have a lot of faith that um, Ryan is going to be – I think he just wants to be liked in a lot of areas, and you can't be somebody who wants to be liked. And I know from what I'm involved in, you know, I create a lot of enemies, and I wear that as a badge of honor. And um, MacArthur Amen. warned about, you know, this country not being invaded, you know, from without. It's the insidious forces working from within. And there's so many weak. It's like patents that as he gets older and more experienced, he said, I don't think more of myself. I just think less of other men. They're weak and they're timid, and that's the problem, just weak and timid people, and you just have to be fearless like Jeff and what you guys are. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, you know, in my own case, um, you know, I, I, I was a guest of L.A. County in the Gulag system for six months for speaking out, and uh, it was an awful experience, but, you know, I walked in with my head held high, and I walked out with my head held high, and it, it cost me everything. You know, I had a good job, and my professional reputation was ruined. My father died while I was in there, uh, and it was all for speaking up and speaking out. You know, I never threatened anyone, um, but there was just some bad apples that, you know, and that, that's like with the Patriot Act, you know. 
uh, nowadays you don't have to actually do or say anything. All it takes is for somebody to say you did, and then the onus is on you mm-hmm. to prove that you didn't do that. And mm-hmm. when you got a six hundred thousand dollar bail, you're you're gonna be there for a minute because you know I, uh, you know I didn't have six hundred grand under the sofa cushions to get out, but it's you know you, you, we have to stand up uh, to them, and. You know, I, I think back, I mean, you know, the emails, the calls, the faxes, you know, the personal visits, you know, that that's all, you know, that that's all fine and dandy, but you know, there's going to come a point and I don't I don't know if JFK really said this. I've seen it in I've seen it in a lot of memes and seen it online, you know, those that make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution necessary. Do either of you guys see it getting to that point because it seems like a lot of times you can call these people you know 10 10 times a day and you know you just get lip service and then they go ahead and do what you didn't want them to do anyway what do y'all think about that well we're at that point and you're just not hearing about it because patriots are smarter than the average bear and they're not going to advertise their intent when it comes to an armed conflict but I can tell you there's 200 million armed Americans across this country that are not happy campers. And I can tell you that if President Obama so much as attempts a martial law uh, incursion against our rights and our freedoms and to take down this country, he won't make it. I can promise you he won't make it. And I'm not threatening anybody because I'm not that kind of guy. I don't threaten. I, I, I do or I don't do. And then they right. figure out afterwards. I don't threaten to say well, like 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 some of these Republicans and Democrats. Well, if I'm going to do this, and I'm well, no, tell me after you're done that you've done it. Don't threaten. Don't say you're going to do something. Either do and then tell me. And that's the way I operate. So that's the reason I've had the U.S. Marshals at my house. I've had the FDLE at my house and other people. And I don't care. They can come visit me all day long. I just make new friends that way because once they hear my side of the story. They understand that we are defending and protecting the Constitution of the United States, and we right. have a right to do what we do. So I don't. Right. Fear. I think the word. I think the word. Uh, do not be. I think the sentence "Do not be afraid" is written 365 times in the Bible. So that's yeah. one day that I've got. Do not fear. Once for every day of the year. So I'm not afraid of nothing. I only Amen. fear God. Right, right. I Amen only fear that. God. I don't fear any God. man. So yeah, I, 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 people I, who are listening, the people who are listening right now to me, go buy a gun and stock up on ammunition and, and exercise your Second Amendment right to protect yourself. And when the time comes to protect this country, you'll know when that time is. It's not going to be a, uh advertised. It's not. You're going to know that time. The, the, the yeah. American patriot did not ask the British during the Revolutionary War to not take their guns and try to confiscate their rights and freedoms. The American patriots shot the British. There was no right. negotiation. There was no asking. There was action. Yeah. So, and it, so and it, it's not going to be a commercial on the Super Bowl, you know. <laughs> okay, we yeah. all start fighting uh, right after the game's over. Uh, no. It's not going to be that way. And, and no. I totally agree with you. Um, 
you know, our rights are given to us by our creator, not by this illegal de facto government. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've argued with people, uh, you know, and, and this is petty. Um, I'll give you guys a quick example. In the state of North Carolina, one of the highest, eighth highest road usage fees states in the country, but the roads are like 30, the transportation infrastructure roads, 30 years behind the time, especially around Charlotte. Uh, there's freeways over there that they've been working on for 50 years that aren't finished yet. Uh, they just finished one. Uh, it's it like a beltway, uh, 485. It took them 30 years to build 67 miles of um, freeway. And now they got to widen it, and they're saying, "Well, we don't have the money to widen it." And then they're wanting to build a toll toll lanes on another one, and people are pissed off about that. And I said, "Well, here's how you defund the North Carolina DOT. Go to South Carolina and buy gas, you know, thirty, forty cents a gallon cheaper, and you defund the North Carolina DOT. They won't have that revenue. They're not going to have any money to operate. That's how you do it." And one guy said, "Well." Well, that's like 30 minutes out of my way. I can't be inconvenienced. And and I told him, I said, don't you tell me that. You go tell that Continental soldier that marched with bloody frostbitten feet for 20 miles in the snow with General Washington just to get to the fight with the British. Are you that big, that much of a puss that you can't drive 30 minutes out of your way to get gas somewhere else? Don't tell me. You go tell that guy that. And he didn't, he didn't know what to say after that. Uh, the argument was pretty much over. I wouldn't say I won. I guess he just went away. But um, I, I agree. And, you know, and Shalene, you know, uh, says it all the time. Do you, you know, don't be afraid because in the end, you know, the just will win um, this battle. And it's like spiritual warfare. And I – and myself, you know, I'm, I'm – Shalene is devout Christian, you know, myself, I'm not, I'm I, you know, I, I, I love women and, uh, you know, I like a little bit of the bubbly, but that's about it. But, um, you know, I would still, you know, I wouldn't hesitate to, to get involved in the fight when it comes, if it comes in our lifetime, you know, that's just, that's just me. Um, but you know, our nation seems like it's, too much of let the other guy do it. I mean, you know, you guys, for example, your your hitches are up and you're still out there fighting. Um, and I, I've got all the love and respect in the world for you guys. But my, I, I think, you know, the rest of the country's got to get involved too. You know, you can't say, oh, I might lose my job or oh, I might get arrested. You can't worry about that. What What do y'all think? Well, let me just inject. I totally agree uh, with what you're saying and and what. Uh, Jeff laid out, and I want to focus just a little bit on, you know, what we call the Veterans Revolution with the old Veterans Guard. It's a microcosm of the big picture across the United States. Mm -hmm. Our land is being stolen like you cannot believe. We won a judgment. They snuck in and vacated it and come in and taken more. But one of the biggest things that happened just this past Sunday, now, since Memorial Day, I've always hung the American, two American flags out on the front fence, and I'm not right. supposed to, they told me, and, and they're up there. And Sunday, and it's on the uh, Internet and everything, Ted Hayes wrote a great article with the photos and all. VA police came out and not only cited me falsely, but confiscated my flags. And, I mean, these are not um, Confederate flags. These are the United States flags, and, and one of them I bought on 9-11, and it's a tribute to those who have been fighting this past two wars. And when this happens to a veteran on 
outside VA property, fighting and defending for the rights of veterans. And if if this doesn't stimulate some anger in people, I don't know what it's going to be. Now, we get people, and I can read on, we got to take a thousand reads on it on the um, Veterans Today line, and uh, some pretty, for the first time, some pretty good, you know, comments in there. And we have to go after Secretary uh, McDonald. And one thing, I know they got the debate going on, but I, I'd like to see, like, Trump really going out instead of, well, in all due respect, you know, Rubio and Bush and these guys aren't going to do much anyway. But is to go after the cabinet members. I just see that they're, you know, filing for impeachment against the uh, IRS commissioner. I think you got to start taking out Obama's cabinet one by one. Right. And, uh, I'd like to see uh, the, you know, Donald the Trump in particular go after um, Secretary McDonald, go out, right down the line, go after the Secretary of Defense, who's very weak, and really shake it up and, and, and weaken Obama so much this next year because he's going to do a lot of damage. And do we have to take him out? And and going back to what Jeff and America's got to wake up. You know, the Yamamoto he said, "I prayed all we've done is in you know, World War II is awaken a sleeping giant, and the sleeping giant had better start waking up and stop depending on people like Jeff and Randy and myself out there." Uh, you know, I, I appreciate the kudos. Hey, good job, keep going. But hey, everybody's got to stand up. This is our country, and if we don't all start. Standing up and fighting, we're going to lose it. There's no doubt about it. But I do. Right. It, 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 when that time comes, it's going to be kicking out. The Americans that sit by and they're ready. We're not going to lose our country. There's too many people with guns who are quiet, who don't voice themselves, but stay under the radar, who are on standby, who will raise, who will uh, rise up. And protect this country from these communists and these Islamist fascists. We're not going to lose. But right now, we're not at that point. Right now, we're in the point of everybody's frustrated. John Bain is not doing his job. Mitch McConnell's not doing his job. They're capitulating to the communists in the White in the White House. But but we're not at that point where we have to go and do what we have to do as per the U.S. Constitution. And, you know, sometimes the blood of patriots has to be shed. We're not at that point. But if it's required and if it's needed, it will happen. And we will hmm. take the country. So we will win. We're not going to lose. God is on our side. Right. Anybody that slaughters an unborn child and then takes the body and cuts it up and sells it is not a human being following That's a the word of God. He's a he's a Satan follower. Yeah, they're, they're not even they're not even human. They are demons not walking human. on this planet. That's the way I view them. You got it. You got it. Yep. You don't have well, to be a Christian. You don't. You don't even have to be religious. You can be agnostic and know the the, the good the, and know the difference between slaughtering an unborn child or letting it live and being born. And if you think about it, a woman says, "Well." You know the baby doesn't. The baby's not a baby till it comes out of the womb because that's when it starts to breathe. That's a lie Mm-mm. because the baby breathes with inside the woman's womb through the umbilical cord. Yeah, embryonic and fluid. Then, um, yeah, exactly. Then the, woman, then the woman's was, and they grow. Then, 
Right. Then the woman will say, well, it's my body, it's my choice. No. Yeah. That baby has 46 chromosomes, 23 of which came from the man. Half of that, ba- mm-hmm. half of that baby is, it belongs to the, to the father, and that father has a right to a decision, which is life. The Constitution is very clear, and the De- Declaration of Independence is very clear. It's not death uh, and, and, and servitude. It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Right, and that includes unborn children. Yeah, well, um, uh, jumping back real quick, Robert, when those guys came out, you know, because I did see the the um, the email with the, the pictures of the flag. Uh, well, those two uh, VA cops, what did they? What was the conversation like? Uh, did they were they like, hey man, I'm really sorry, I've got orders to do this, or, yeah, or, or were know, they just I, dicks? I, yeah, first of all, they're both veterans, and I know them. They've been very much very gentlemanly and and respectful, and they informed me that they were essentially given orders to come out, and I essentially addressed them that they should go back home and read the Nuremberg trials. I said, you're heading down a very dangerous path, and I said, I understand you got families to feed and everything, but if you keep going down this path, you will not have a family. And I said, you know, it's like Churchill said about appeasement, you're just feeding the crocodile and hoping he'll eat you last. And I said, you know, I, I had a very good conversation and, you know, um, and of course we've always been peaceful demonstrators. They're not going to trap me into arresting me for resisting arrest because that's what they want. And it, this is the part that drives them nuts is that, you know, you're peaceful because you can win these battles. We won so many of our battles doing this. But um, I know on the uh, internet, on the article, the comments, so people are not really kind at all to these two guys, and and the comments are well taken. That you know they should have said. Now I've been trying to get an insurrection from within. I told these guys, I said, do you understand? I'm out here. It's my flag, and I'm hanging this flag for three hours. I said, inside there are nine illegal properties in there. They're being run by non-veterans. And we have 20,000 homeless. And I said, how can you live with yourself? I mean, I gave them a lecture, I'll tell you. And they respected me. They still did what they had to do, which, again, we're going to take that as a gift. Um, you know, Ted Hayes, uh, is Mr. Patriot, he's coming out. He wrote the article. He was there on Sunday. And he's going to be in his Uncle Sam, Mr. Patriot outfit. He's going to hang two flags in uniform. And we're going to be videotaping it, and they're going to take it down. And eventually what we want to do leading up to, I'm going to have a couple of World War II veterans come in and post uh, 48 stars from the World War II, let them take that down inside them, and then we're going to, uh, on uh, Veterans Day, get as many veterans as possible and each one hang a flag all across the front there. They have to cite you individually. They can't give a mass ticket. And uh, we're going to start, you know, we're on offense, let me put it this way. And uh, I think this is going to be a game changer for us because it states in my uh, citation that uh, for displaying placards and materials, and I, again, dressed them down on that, and I said, you know something? Uh, when I took an oath and I said to defend this country, I said I didn't defend to take a pledge to defend a placard. I said read, recite the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. It's not to the placard of the United States. And they just stood there kind of dumbfounded about everything. And I said, well, you know, 
do what you have to do. We're going to do it. And, and essentially, if you look at the, the comments and on there, these guys have been disgraced, uh, and, and they deserve it. They should have said, I'm with you guys. I'm not going back in. I'm going in and laying down my gun and my badge, and, and I'm out of here. That's the kind of guts we need. But you're right. going to find these guys that keep going down that path. You're going to be heading toward Nazism because they will be just following orders. Yeah, I'm sorry I had to shoot you, but I was just following orders. I was just doing my job. Sorry we had to gas six million uh, Jews and other undesirables. Uh, We were just following orders and doing our job. you know, sorry we had to do the great purges and 20 million uh, Soviets ended up in dead or in the gulags. We were just following orders and doing our jobs. That 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 cop out it it don't fly with me anymore. Uh, no, no. And there, there's a guy. Uh, he's going to be on tomorrow. I want to get you two guys um, in touch with each other because I think he may be able to help you with this deal with what's going on with the property over there at the, at the VA. Um, so, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to email you guys later. Um, and you know, he may be able to help you out with this and, you know, hopefully, yeah. um, and, you know, he's a good guy and he's a vet too. And, uh, he, he's on our show every Thursday. And this guy is an expert uh, at what he does and he's got a okay. nationwide thing going just little bitty pinpricks here and there all across the nation with his organization that it's a good way to turn the tide. Um, yeah. But so, by the way, while I've got Jeff on, I want to ask if you can jump in for us and send off a letter to um, McDonald about this flag issue. We're trying to get him fired. We've got this man is nothing but a pathological liar. He's, he, mm-hmm. he's violated his, um, uh, West Point pledge uh, oath uh, not to lie, steal, or cheat, or associate with those who do. That's all this man does: lie, steal, and cheat. That's it. And yeah. we need to take him out. And I think that can not only do damage to Obama, but it will strengthen the VA. We need new leadership in it. We need it quick too. Yeah, and it seems like the, the last time you were on, I asked you this question, and and, th- and this is what slays me. Um, the VA should be sta- – I mean, you know, like with, with an actual doctor, you know, you got to get, you know, the best doctors you can get. And they may have been civilian doctors their whole life, but in my opinion, the VA should be of, by, and for, uh, you know, run, you know, by veterans. You know, no civilians in there. It, it should be all well, – they, they would take care of each They should merge it other. into the Department of Defense. It should be part of the Department of Defense. It's like – um, Colin Powell says you break it, you own it. You serve in the military, uh, then it's got to be um, uh, the Department of Defense, your respected branch of military, needs to look after you till, till right. the end. Right. Um, well, 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 let's jump over to um, the lawsuit against the L.A. City Council because I, uh, you know, I, I've got a personal interest yeah. in that uh, with this um, Krikorian. Was was that his name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it seems like he's another one of these mafiosos that his whole family's, you you know, like Garcetti. They've always been involved in politics in Los Angeles, you know. And I think that Krikorian guy, uh, the you know, that said bring it on as far as the lawsuit. Uh, what what's going on with that, Jeff? Uh, are you and Robert working together on that, or uh, what what's happening with it? 
Well, I'm working. Go ahead, Jeff. Jeff's on that one. Via the Department of the Navy, the, the uh, Mayor Garcetti is a is a lieutenant in the Navy Reserves, and he raised his right hand to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States. And now he has signed an illegal and unconstitutional law to ban uh, high capacity magazines. He has no authority to do that. He has no authority to backdoor the Congress of the United States. So he has no. So the law is that he signed is illegal, null and void. So I made contact with my friends in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, and they think the guy is a total jerk. They think he's a douchebag and all these other words, which which we can't really say on the live radio. Oh, but you say it here, man. Well, the sheriff, the sheriff's department are not going to enforce that law, and they're going to. And I've told my folks in California who own these weapons and these magazines, don't turn them in, and keep a hold of them, and do not comply. So we have to follow the do not comply law here. There's more of us than there are of them. And if these communist little uh, weasels want to start playing this game, I'm going to go after their living and their livelihood. So I've made contact with the Navy Times and the Pentagon and the Naval Reserve Center in Millington, Tennessee, who is the headquarters for this, this, this communist Garcetti, and put him under the radar with the Navy and basically said, I'm a senior chief, and I want this guy watched because he's not upholding his oath to defend the Constitution as a member, as a, as a civilian. So that means he probably won't do it as a member of the United States Navy, and I keep telling this Lieutenant Garcetti to turn in his ID card and resign his commission. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't uh, belong in the United States Navy, period. Now, I want him to how, how long was he in the Navy? Was he in there long enough to enough. qualify for, like, retirement benefits, or did he just do, like, a four-year hitch? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think don't know how long you know, it was minimal. Been. But I think he was like a JAG officer, you know, one of the attorney guys in there that ends up prosecuting, you know, uh, the, you know, sailors, the enlisted rank and then everything, to my knowledge. Right. I totally agree well, he doesn't, with what Jeff's saying. He, he doesn't belong to be in the Navy. He, needs to, be, he yeah. needs to resign his commission, give up all his benefits, and join the Communist Party USA because that's yep. where he belongs. So I'm yeah, going to well, that way. Good, good, good. Because, you know, that family, like like his dad, his dad was a real piece yeah. of work. I don't, I don't know how much you know about him, Jeff. I, I know you, Robert, you, you know, you, you, you're an Angelino. You know all about uh, Gil, and I do too. Um, that guy, um, I mean, I don't know him personally. He's a district attorney. Yeah, the district yeah, attorney of Los LA Angeles. LA County district attorney, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, so he, he got. He, he I'll he's tell you what happened to him. He thinks, yeah, he thinks he, he's immune. He, he he screwed up the OJ trial big time. That's why he didn't get reelected. Right, you know, he just uh-huh. was a total total wuss, and uh, um, it turned out into a, a racist trial and everything else on behalf of of OJ, and um, uh, it, it was pathetic. But you know, uh, it runs in the family. Yeah, you know, yeah. When, when when I was going through my legal issues, my attorney told me I'm not going up against – because I, I kept bringing up the constitutionality of what was going on with my case. And, and my attorney said, look, I am not going to go up against Garcetti in a re-election year because they will bury you in the California prison system. You better do this. You better do that. And at that point in time, I was so grief-stricken. I was like, 
I get out, okay, where do I sign? You know, it, you know, in retrospect, it wasn't the wisest decision I've ever made. But at that point, all I was thinking is I got to get back to my family. And uh, right. that, that was all I was thinking of. And, uh, you know, my attorney was definitely afraid of this guy, but I mean, you know, he's, you know, who the hell is he? You know, he, he takes a dump and puts his pants on one leg at a time, just like the rest of us, you know, he ain't nobody. Um, but, um, that, that's good that, uh, you know, these lawsuits, uh, you know, cause I, I don't know if you guys are aware, I just found out about it. I think yesterday maybe, or it might've been today. I'm not sure, but now, uh, you know, not only has the LA city council, uh, you know, filed this unconstitutional edict, they're also now saying that, you know, gun owners that have weapons in their homes, they have to be in, be stored in uh, a safe right. and, uh, disabled. Um, what the, unconstitutional, uh, right, right. Exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm all for proper storage of firearms. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I don't say leave one laying out on the couch or something crazy like that, or have one laying out on the front porch. But um, you know, it, you know, it's up to each individual how they want to do that. I kept mine locked in cases, and I had the key on me at all times. You know, so even if someone broke into my house, they couldn't break into my um, gun locker because I had the key, and they weren't going to be able to get in, get into it. So. I, I agree that well, you know, think, common yeah. sense with your firearms, but you the city can't tell you you've got to disable it and stick it in a in a strong box somewhere. Um, you know, it's for the kids. It's always for the kids, right? Yeah. Let, let me just interject. I want to say that you know Jeff lives in Florida. Here's a man mm-hmm. is fighting for us in Los Angeles, out of Florida. This should be a wake-up call to the people of Los Angeles. You know, this should never happen. And to be as passive passive as they are, and yet Jeff is the one who's the vocal voice on this, I think also says a lot about people living in Los Angeles, that they've just become a bunch of weaklings. Or they're they're on board with it. If you look at the, I, I quit. I unfollowed them on Facebook because I just couldn't take any anymore. All this ridiculousness, like you know the L.A. Times. I would see the comments, and I'm like, oh my god, these people, have, they don't have a clue. And if you would try to throw some facts about real life in there, they would eviscerate you. And after a while, I was just like, you know what? I've got other things to do. I can't save these people. And these people, I mean, you know, Los Angeles. Uh, uh, you know, it's no secret there. There are a lot of communists and socialists, uh, among others, that live that are Angelinos, uh, born and bred there, and they drink that they drink that Kool Aid by the gallon. And now, you know, they're, they they think it's the greatest thing ever. They're on board with this. You know, it's like, geez. Yeah, Jeff, what, what do you think should be done next on 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 this um, uh, Garcetti and that lawsuit? How do you think we can get some Momentum going on that. Well, what I did was I told the sheriff not to protect the uh, mayor's office anymore or the city council. Let him. I mm. said, if there's a, if, he, if they ever, if any gangbangers show up in the uh, mayor's office, just just wait 30 minutes before responding to any phone calls. And I put that email directly into the inbox of Mr. Garcetti. And I told him that, that seeing as you don't want us to be able to defend ourselves in California, then I don't think the sheriff should protect you in the event of a burglary or a raid or something like that. 
And uh, yeah, I, I put agree. the fear of God in these people. Yeah, now the Amen. sheriff's office, um, you know, well, that last sheriff, you know, I don't know who the new sheriff is, but Lee Baca, you know, this guy, you know, card-carrying commie, you know, and how yeah. he got, had the nerve to wear five stars, you know, that that was just, you know, beyond all, you know, um, you know, egotistical <laughs> narcissism there. Right. You know, he, you know, he, he and, and I know the rank and file, and, and, you know, I live with the sheriffs because they run the jails, and there are a lot of them, you know, they're, they're, they're dirt bags. But then again, there's a lot of really good, decent people that put on that badge yeah. every day and they take it seriously. But, you know, all the courtrooms, you know, the, the bay, the bailiffs, they're all sheriffs. They handle all that. It would be so funny if the rank and file sheriffs said, you know what, screw it. We're not guarding this courtroom. This judge is uh, violating That's the right. constitution. Uh, that judge is on his yeah. own, you know, That's exactly uh, when they bust. Right. And when that, Obama that started grumbling about writing executive orders to, to implement gun control, I know his. I know the. I, I mean, I have access to the to to the White House when I was from from my past polit- political activities, and I wrote an email to one of Obama's bodyguards in the Secret Service and said, "Okay, Obama wants to uh, start disarming Americans. Let's start with you guys in the Secret Service." I sent it straight to mm-hmm. his email. I said, "I said, yeah, take I saw your that guns." One. Powerful. Yeah. Straight to his email. You got yeah, it in your face. I know you do. Yeah. And and I know you'd sent one to uh Rubio too. Um and, and, yep. and you know the you know, tell our listeners um what what you'd said to Rubio uh as well because I thought it was uh powerful and uh really you know uh you know straight to the point. So um you know, fill our listeners in because I know they they probably didn't see it. But, you know, I did. Well, full disclosure, I'm friends. I was friends with with Marco Rubio. I've known him for ten, twelve years. I helped him get into the into his position as a Senate. I was part of the, the Tea Party leadership in Florida that got him his job. Because when I speak, people in Florida listen and they usually follow what I say and follow my lead. So, with that said. When, Obama, when when Marco Rubio started to to, to just to wander from the path of righteousness in the conservative way, I have his cell phone number. I know his family. I got direct access to him. And we were coming up on the vote for John Kerry. Remember when the confirmation of John Kerry was when ran to the Senate? Mm-hmm. I text Marco Rubio to his cell phone, and I said, do not vote for this guy. Do not confirm this guy because this is why. And I listed all the things. Besides the fact that John Kerry is a communist, Marco Rubio, as a friend of mine, voted for him. He did not listen to me. That pissed me off. I said, "Okay, okay." So you think John Kerry will make a great Secretary of State? Let's see what happens. And don't say I didn't tell you so. Yeah. Then we're getting ready for the vote for TPP, the, the Asian Pacific uh, Trade Deal, which nobody's read, nobody's seen except for George Soros and Obama, and it's locked up in the Congress somewhere. I texted Marco Rubio to his cell phone, to his BlackBerry, directly, do not vote yes on this bill. You haven't read it. You don't know what's in it. Don't vote for it. Vote no. So what does he do? He votes yes. Second strike. I said, okay. Third strike was when he said yesterday, or the day before yesterday, actually, well, I don't like being in the Senate because my vote doesn't count, so I'm not even going to show up to vote. 
Well, we're paying that guy $174,800 a year to represent the state of Florida and to vote for what we want him to vote for. And mm-hmm. if he can't even do that, if he won't even show up to vote because he's running around the country running for president and not doing his job, then he needs to resign his post and quit and let right. somebody else represent us. That was when I threw him under the bus because that was strike three. That was, I'm a coward. He's a coward. Marco Rubio is a coward. He doesn't have the intestinal fortitude to stand up to Harry Reid and Nancy Pelosi and these other communists and John Boehner, which is what he's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't have the courage to do that, then he does not belong in the White House because Putin and the Chinese and the North Koreans will walk all over him like he doesn't exist. Yeah, like they're doing that guy that's up there now. Obama is a well, Jimmy Carter's happy. Jimmy Carter's glad because he's no longer the worst president in American history. <laughs> I, I know, right? <laughs> we are we yeah, got I, a replacement, and it's another Democrat. Although Abraham Lincoln was pretty bad, everybody gives him credit for freeing the slaves. He couldn't care less about the slaves. He, he was no. a federal intrusion. He was attacking the states, and that's why. And, and Robert, you mentioned the Confederate flag. It's actually the Northern Virginia battle flag. Right. The Confederate mm-hmm. flag was basically a nickname for it. The Northern Virginia battle flag was a was a flag like our Don't Tread on Me flag that was flown to, because the states had had enough of federal intrusions from Washington under Abraham Lincoln. So they rose, they they they, they got their Northern Virginia battle flag and said, okay, we're going to protect our sovereignty like Texas is doing right now. Yeah, and and that's why they've what, been vilified yeah. for all this time, you know, uh, to make it. And you you know, and when they, you know when you talk about Lincoln. Uh, let, let's not forget what the un, the genocide that the Union Army, under his directive, committed against all the Plains tribes. You know, people they're not they're not around. Nobody speaks for them. Oh, he freed the slaves. No, he didn't. And he his army committed genocide and uh, uh, a lot of other atrocities. Uh, well, you're a racist. Okay, whatever. You're That's racist. your yeah, argument. Yeah, yeah. I got other things to do. <laughs> right. You know, and I, I, I've, I've had those. Was a bad president. Jimmy Carter was a bad president. Jimmy Carter uh, toppled the Shah of Iran, which created the caliphate we're in now with the Middle East. Jimmy Carter created the mess we're in because yeah, he, he did. didn't stand up to the the Soviets. Yeah. Obama's flying Syrians into this country in C-130s by the by the by the thousands. I know because he's a Muslim. He's a Muslim. Yep. He's yeah, trying he's trying to disrupt wanting... this country. Mm-hmm. I, I agree, well, and you know. I mean, look at what's going on in Europe, you know, and now that, you know, uh, you know, before you guys came on, I don't know if you heard it or not, but, you know, I didn't want to rant, didn't rant about that because now they're all scrambling to find guns and they're like, well, there ain't no guns. Well, you know, and they all look down their noses at us, uh, noses at us all these years because we had guns. Oh, look at all the violence in your country. It's because of guns. And now they're wishing they were here or they were, they're wishing they, they had, had guns. And I'm like, you know what, you know, you, you guys thumbed your noses at us. Well, you know, our government's huh. trying to do the same thing, but we have a solution for this this problem with all these Muslims. The head Muslim is importing, and they don't. Right. There's 200 million armed Americans in this country, and the Japanese knew about it in World War II, so they didn't want to invade. Right. And the Chinese know about it, so they're not they're not wanting to invade. So we're we're well protected within our borders. But what we've got to watch out for, the enemy is not 
outside of our borders, other than North Korea, China, and Russia. Even Russia's on our side. They're, I don't have any problem with Russia. I, I don't I'll either. Enter. I mean, no. Putin, he's an ass, but that guy loves his country. <laughs> he puts his country and his people first, and he don't give a damn what anybody else thinks about it. I wish we had a president like that. Yeah, Putin is Russia's Reagan, is what he is. Right. And mm-hmm. he, and he's, We're seeing the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. he told the Muslims yeah. that no more mosques will be built in Russia, period, and that's the end of the discussion. Don't like it, pack your bags and leave. Right. You don't play games. Yeah. And, and I don't I have a I have a lot of respect for Putin and and, and I I'm surprised that he hasn't gotten to Obama's face more. That's kinda of yeah. surprising to me. But we have uh, four hundred something days left with Obama. And then we, I believe that it's going to be – we're going to have Donald Trump, I believe, is going to be the next president. I don't believe these polls in Iowa that, that Carson's leading because yeah. it's a New York Times poll, first of all. And oh, CBS well, there poll. you go. You can't. New York yeah, Times. I mean, they call – yeah, they, they'll call a thousand Democrats and ask them, you know, what, what do they think. Yep. But yep. our country no, is still strong. Our Constitution is still strong, and the American people are still strong, and 80 percent of this nation is still strong. And 85% of this nation is armed, armed to the teeth. And that is the only thing that's keeping Obama in check right now, is our Second Amendment. Yeah, He's trying I to piecemeal it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I was lose. just going to say, without the Second, none of the other ones mean anything. They're just words on paper. Right. You're absolutely right. The Signing Fathers created this, this document to protect us from people like Obama. Right. And, and it's a firewall. It's a firewall, and it's working. We're just feeling a yep. lot of pain and a lot of stress, and we're getting through it. And there's a, there's a lot of people who have rolled over and surrendered, like Marco Rubio and others. But there's people like Robert who stand up and are willing to be arrested, who are willing to stand up and fight and protect the freedom of this country. And he will win, and he will prevail. And eventually this country will return back to constitutional governance. And people like John Boehner will be remembered in the history books as pieces of human garbage that yep. were weak underlings. And they will be remembered in a negative light. And yeah, they, like they will. Who will be remembered in a positive light. I, I agree. Never, um, yeah. Well, Robert has... Yeah, exactly. Never surrender, guys. Uh, Robert, so you you said on Veterans Day coming up, uh, that's when you guys you're going to have all the the flags out there at the VA, right? Yeah, we're planning on it. Just to go back when we first started back in 2008, we once hung 30 flags across the front, and you know it was very patriotic. And we ultimately were forced to do what is in the U.S. flag code and has to hang it in distress because life and property are in danger. And, you know, that was a turning point for us, and that's what we believe today now because uh, with the flag right side up, everything about it, we're just following everything to the T, and um, we plan on, you know, um, making this a big statement. Uh, and, and hopefully it's a type of thing that I, I believe will get some at least some veterans off the rear end and participate mm-hmm. uh, because um, it's it is action and there's you know a certain amount of glory on this of you know standing up and fighting for your your flag and 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 I think this is going to be helpful and we'd sure like to get Donald Trump involved in this I think he can 
he could do wonders with something like this yeah. and uh, bring attention and bring attention to the corruption at this Los Angeles VA. This dominated by Diane Feinstein and this oh, whole far left political machine out here. I think he could just turn this whole thing upside down. It's a type of thing that he should just. It's born. He, he was born for this one, I'll tell you. Cause it's, I, agree, just, I agree. Let's get him elected. Let's get him elected. Yeah. And he's already got a lot of. Well, I think he can do it ahead of time. Him. I mean, he's got to come out here and win California. Uh, yeah. And I think that this is the kind of thing that he needs to get involved in out here. I agree. Uh, it, There's I agree. Five, call it electoral votes out there. Yeah, yeah. He's got to win California in the primary and the general. Whoever wins California wins the election. I mean, you watch it every time. There's 52 what, electoral votes. And that whole thing with Obama, they weren't even halfway across the country, and they called and said, uh, you know, California went for Obama. It was over. You can't can't beat that big number. And yeah. um, I think we could get him elected out here. And uh, hopefully um, I've been in touch with his um, scheduling committee, and, and they – they're all aware of what we're doing, but you know everything, and I respect it. Has to be in right now in Iowa and, and back in uh, Maine and everything else. So um, mm. we, uh, we, we we're, you know he's we're a busy looking. Guy. Yes, he is, and God bless him. I'll tell you, he's an inspiration. And, yeah, uh, he is. I I I'd love to see that. Um, uh, my myself, you know, uh, have you know. Because when when you have a good sense of national pride or, or just a good sense of self pride and you feel better, you can do more better things than if you you know just feel uh-huh. like beat down like the way this country is right now you know and they did that on purpose they ever, they want everybody to feel hopeless and beat down and well this sure. is the way it is this is the new normal and all that bullshit uh, you know we we need positivity we need uh, you know you know from within each of us you know all. Uh, you guys, myself, the people listening, everyone in the country needs positivity because that that positivity from within can be infectious. And when you have more and more people with positivity, you know, that positive energy and positive vibe going out, then you can mm-hmm. accomplish more things than, you know, just dwelling in the negative, sending out negative vibes and being negative, you know, because right. it's not going to, you're not going to accomplish much, you know, because you're not going to feel like it. You're going to be, um, you know, we, we've got some more pain. Like to Donald endure. Trump calls it high energy. Yeah. And high energy. High energy. energy. Exactly. <laughs> I love well, guys, when he goes after. He, we've he only got a couple out minutes. Yeah. Bush. What would y'all's final words uh, for the day be to our listeners? Uh, you know, because I, I wish we had more time, fellas. I really do. But uh, the little clock on the wall um, won't allow it. What for each? Um, what what's you know for a minute? You know, what what's the message you want to send out to the country? Uh, you know, your personal message to the people of the country. Jeff, you you load up. My message to everybody listening to this is that this country is the greatest nation in the world, and the Constitution of the United States is still strong and is still protected by millions and millions of people with weapons and ammunition. We are safe within our homes. We are safe within our borders. It is the communists and the Islamofascists who have to fear us, and the day will come when the American patriot will have a point in his life and who will say, enough is enough. And this country will be restored back to constitutional governance. This nation was not built 
by weaklings, and it was not built by cowards, and it was not built by Muslims. It was built by strong, brave, God-righteous, Bible-thumping, gun-carrying Americans who take care of their families. And this day of reckoning will come. It is in the Bible. If you're a religious person and you and, and you believe in, in God and you believe in faith, all these things that are happening to us are already uh, ordained to happen to us. And it's building us and making us stronger as Americans. We are becoming stronger by it. More people have guns now in the entire history of our country. More people are reading the Constitution than ever in our country's history. And more people are becoming educated on what our rights are. Obama controls the media so you don't hear about it. But you got to trust me, it's happening. And don't take, for example, when Donald Trump was in Jacksonville last week, 10,800 people showed up. The media reported 2,000 people. It's a lie. The media reported that Trump is behind in Iowa. It's a lie. Do not, do not pay attention to the Obama stenographers. Our country will be fine. Our nation will be restored back to constitutional governance. It's just a matter of time. God said, be patient. We must be patient. And that's my final word. Amen, brother. Robert? I'd just like to, yeah, uh, greatly uh, said, Jeff, and, and I agree. Uh, that's one of the things that have kept us going, just as you said, the patience. Um, we, I grew up on a farm in central Indiana, a commercial vegetable farm, and as much as I loved a tomato, bacon, lettuce, tomato sandwich, I knew in the spring you had to plant the seed and you had to nurture it. You had to pull the weeds out away from it. You had to pick the bugs and insects. You had to feed it, water it, nourish it, and finally you got it. Today we live in a society where people pick them off the shelf, and that's what they want instant. If they can't get that instantly, they're not willing to pay those dues to go and harvest the victories, and and that's that patience of the farmer. And I'm so grateful to have been brought up the way I was and to have that DNA or gene within me. Because so many have given up on what we're doing. And I, it was interesting. I got some emails about when the flag episode came up. And they, and they said, Robert, you did it again. Because most people thought we were finished. We're over and everything else. It's a whole new beginning for us now. And that's what it is. It's faith. It's patience, diligence, courage, never giving in, just staying to the fight, being honest and forthright and, and – um, being God-fearing and, and God-loving as well. And, you know, our little saying is God bless America and the Veterans Revolution because I know I've watched and experienced just what happened this past Sunday was divine intervention. I couldn't have asked for anything more. And it was a, the guiding hand of God that just stepped in and gave us this gift, and now it's up to us to, to go forward and take advantage of this uh, opportunity to expose our own government is denying veterans to hang an American flag on a VA fence for three hours where veterans from wars are trying to heal from defending us. It doesn't make sense, and I just hope everybody eventually arises and fights for the great American flag. Amen, amen. Well, gentlemen, thank you both so much for coming on. We are out of time. 
God bless you both. And uh, the door is open anytime y'all want to come back. You got any updates? And uh, I'm it's my honor and privilege to have had you both on tonight. And you guys take care of yourselves and please keep in touch. You got bless. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot. And everyone, that was our show for the night. Tune back in tomorrow with uh, DuJour constitutional law expert, Michael C. School of Citizens Action Network. Until then, we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for spending your time with us on the Wake Up Mission Show. Firing up the grill, having a picnic, going to a game, or the beach? Stop by Acme Markets for juicier Lancaster brand meats for the grill. Fresher cut fruits and vegetables, tastier desserts from our bakery, and all of your snack needs. Mix, match, and save on fresh blackberries, blueberries, raspberries, or strawberries. Six-ounce packages are buy one, get one free. And Purdue chicken drumsticks, thighs, or whole frying chickens, three pounds or more, only 99 cents a pound. Acme, your new favorite local supermarket. ¿Te gusta el fútbol? Get unlimited data from AT&T when you have AT&T Wireless and DirecTV. Keep up with the game all you want. Stream and surf the web on our best unlimited plan ever. AT&T, mobilizing your world. Must have eligible TV service. If not eligible, AT&T will move you to a new plan and overage charges may apply. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. TV content varies by device, location, and package. Coverage not available everywhere. Monthly charges, usage, and other restrictions apply. See store for plan details.